we've seen in a very short period of time is a just a complete sea change in in the demand profile for food. The demand for food is groceries. It's no longer what they used to be called food operators. It's no longer the hotel, the restaurant, the cafe, even the B2B type of of food startup are now uh, pivoting and trying their best to see if they can serve the consumers directly. Tree Tran, the co-founder and former CEO of Muntry, a uh, food platform that raised over $100 million and, and Tree ran that business for over five years. Um, hi, Tree, joining us live from San Francisco. Hey, pleasure to be here. So, you know, I think what what's really interesting is there's so much going on now in the supply chain with essential products, food being one of the most essential products. And what we've seen in a very short period of time is a just a complete sea change in in the demand profile for food. Um, what are you seeing on the front lines and in, in working with these large incumbents of both, you know, on the distribution side versus the grocery side, but you're also, you have your ear to the ground with the tech startups and the platform startups in the space. What kinds of things are you seeing? Well, let's uh, take a step back here, right? In, in today's uh, pandemic environment, the demand for food, uh, like you said, is, is groceries. Uh, it's no longer what they used to be called food operators. It's no longer the hotel, the restaurant, the cafes, uh, but, but more straight up groceries. And um, if you look back at the number of unemployment claims that have been filed, right, over 16 million in the last three weeks, like 10% of the workforce is now living on government checks, at least for the next few months, you know, and who knows how much longer. Uh, but rightfully, they're going to make the most out of every dollar they have. Um, so what does that mean? That means people will go for the very basic uh, at the lowest cost possible, at least most people would. And that's groceries. That's not prepared food. So even though you know restaurants, some restaurants may still be open uh, serving uh, their food, um, I think that will remain to be the minority uh, of, of the demand. Uh, people now have time at home, and they can prepare the food themselves, and they just need the ingredients. So yeah, that's uh, that's the background. Um, and then talking about uh, on the business side, uh, the grocers. Uh, obviously, their challenge is, you know, on, on both the supply and the demand side. On the supply side, can they get access to all the products, whether it's from manufacturers, farms, growers, uh, different other food distributors? Um, and so how do they keep getting that, that supply of products? Uh, and then on their customer side, how do they keep serving um, uh, people best? Uh, because it's not just in store. I mean, people are now kind of afraid to go to the store. So then you have to deal with delivery or order and pickup uh, to be some of the other uh, ways that people get get their hands on the ingredients. I mean, we're seeing, despite the huge increase in demand for grocery uh, food from grocery stores, you are seeing the large food distributors like a Cisco, like a U.S. Foods layoff workers, furlough workers, and there's other articles here about how they are trying to shift where where their customer base historically has probably been more focused on that that horica, that hospitality, that that restaurant customer. Um, or certainly a big portion of that their customer base, you know, is derived from from that audience. 
it, it seems like it's less so the grocery stores, but now you have the distributors, the food distributors also trying to help out and work with the grocery stores since the grocery stores are basically the only place or certainly the major place with demand for food product. And, and I guess, is that what the need is from the grocery stores? The grocery stores basically just need to find supply um, and keep those supply chains moving in as many ways and areas as possible. And therefore, these food distributors can, can actually be a legitimate value add to these grocery store supply chains, which are just under supreme duress. Is, is that kind of what you're seeing? Uh, absolutely. That is exactly it. Because you can imagine all the grocers, they have always had their own supply chain, right? They've always had their own sources of products. So you can imagine all those channels are being maximized right now uh, to, to whatever possible capacity. Uh, but then due to the overwhelming demand, they will then obviously establish new relationships if that hasn't been there before or hasn't been you know, a smaller relationship before with the, uh, the U.S. food and the Cisco of the world. Uh, they're going to have to step that up as well. But indeed, that is not uh, traditionally the primary channel, how these grocers have been sourcing their products. Um, so now that that has become a, a real need, I'm sure that will be stepped up. And as you see, U.S. Food reported, they're now working more directly with, with grocers uh, to really supplement and, and add on to the supply chain. So yes, there is uh, indeed um, work to be done. and, and and these distributors are set up to do this really well, but it's not going to somehow replace what what the grocer have you know been using all this time before before this environment. Right, it's not enough demand. It's not enough to to completely keep their workforce intact. Right, and and you know business as usual. You know that's not going to be possible. Tree, you know you're you're a principal at Applico. You run our office in San Francisco. On the other side of this, you're also working and talking to a lot of the uh, food marketplaces that are out there, where are they at in, in, in the current state of uh, the pandemic? Yeah, it's really tough for them. Uh, if they have primarily been involved with uh, serving the hotel, restaurant, cafe kind of a customer audience, then that's going to be a complete uh, decline now. Uh, so a lot of them are pivoting, changing to see if they can either serve uh, grocers uh, if, it, if they're going more of a B2B angle, but even the B2B type of, of food startup are now uh, pivoting and trying their best to see if they can serve the consumers directly. Can they source products from various other uh, growers, farmers, and other manufacturers and sell them directly to, to the consumers because they know uh, there's only so much they can do to influence a, a grocery chain that already got some major players involved. Um, so, so for a startup to get into that game is, is much harder. Uh, so they, they are trying their best to just serve consumers directly. And so we're seeing that. Um, but that's a, that's a tall order, uh, because they have never had set up that kind of, you know, detailed supply chain, last, last mile fulfillment. Uh, is a whole other beast. Uh, no doubt they'll do their best and, and I'm sure some will, will be able to make the transition really well. But I imagine it's very difficult from what I have uh, you know, conversed with other founders, uh, very difficult to make that transition in a very meaningful way. Um, for the later stage uh, companies, it's even harder 
because they already got, you know, basically a ship moving in a certain direction to change that ship course is very difficult. Uh, but the earlier stage startups uh, perhaps can can weather this a little better uh, if, if they can build to pivot faster because they can, they're smaller, um, and hopefully have enough uh, runway to, to be able to see this through. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about this a lot on the show, how um, many of the large tech monopolies will actually be able to use the crisis to their advantage, sometimes short term, but certain sometimes short term, but but certainly over the mid to long term, the incumbents. Um, it kind of goes both ways. We're we're seeing um, incumbents, large incumbents, uh, certainly encounter pain during the during the crisis, like these uh, food distributors that that have to change their business. Maybe they can make up some of the lost demand. It's certainly not going to fill the gap. That's why we see them having layoffs and furloughs, presumably. But they're going to be able to weather the storm, the Cisco's, U.S. Foods, the the large players, right? And what right. it seems like, same thing here is, even though you might have thought, oh, these uh, food marketplaces should be able to, um, you know, might be able to uh, see a lot of demand or 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 capture some sort of new demand channel that it's still proving quite difficult for them to do that. And once again, that the tech startups are being hurt the most out of those three, you know, buckets of players. For sure. They have the least uh, assets. They have the least capital. Um, and, and it's harder for them to, uh, you know, change course completely and serve a whole new different demographics. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. As, as we've spoken about before on the show, you have, I mean, there's actually... A good amount of food and B two B food marketplaces that that actually have raised a good amount of capital. You have many uh, Series A, Series B, maybe some Series C companies as well that have uh, not one but multiple institutional investors. And so far, we really haven't seen any material action by the VC community to support tech startups, not just in food, but but really kind of anywhere. the The biggest sign I've seen. Is Insight, which just raised eight billion dollars, said that they're going to use some portion of that uh, to help their existing portfolios. But there's other articles uh, popping up saying that VCs, their their LPs, their investors, some of them are reneging on capital commitments. That um, VCs could could run out of money in a year was another article I saw. Um, how much of this? How much of this do you actually empathize with the VCs um, as to why we aren't seeing more decisive, proactive action on their behalf to support, I'd say, some very promising tech startups, whether they're platforms or not, but we really have seen kind of a vacuum of action on the VCs. I tend to empathize less. Um, What is your take on on all of it? (laughs) Well... I haven't joined the dark side yet, so <laughs> I'm more of an entrepreneur, and I'm always going to side with the entrepreneurs in the vast majority of the time. Uh, but I do see the the dilemma the VCs are in. Uh, they when they raise a fund, uh, there's a given uh, roadmap, right? How much of that is allocated for new investment? How much of that is allocated for follow up? And uh, you know, either the follow up is to invest to get more equity or to invest and maintain some kind of pro rata because there is a new subsequent round with new investors. Uh, 
there isn't usually a, a charter to say, oh, allocate X amount, you know, percentage of that fund for rescuing or bridging, you know, the portfolio company. I mean, I, I really doubt if there's even that. So very difficult for them to be in that position as well. Um, and, and for them, uh, I bet a lot of it is also assessing, hey, which, which new startup or existing startup that can pivot, change the course, and then be able to meet the new demand, the new channels uh, most effectively. Uh, those are the ones who would have the traction to would then be able to raise money to you know, see through this uh, better than the ones who, who couldn't or cannot. Um, yeah, so I, I see their, their issue, their dilemma, but as usual, uh, I wish the entrepreneurs would get more help. Um, the later, really later stage one, as we have seen Airbnb, uh, you know, raising capital, even at uh, uh, not <laughs> very attractive terms, at least they are able to do so because they have uh, a lot more going for them, a lot more resources versus a, a, a Series A or B type company that has a lot fewer uh, resources or, or options uh, to to go to. The other force in 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 all of this is that you know I think when most people think about um, grocery and Amazon as it relates to grocery and food, is they they think oh well they bought Whole Foods. And this report that we're about to launch uh, on Amazon Business in the next week or two, you know it's not out yet, but one of the stats is that. For food service, for food and uh, food service equipment and supplies, that basket of products on Amazon Business, their their B two B marketplace, they have over twenty thousand third party sellers, and they have over three million listed products. Um, so they, clearly, they have millions of different SKUs and unique product listings. They've got tens of thousands of sellers, and so we're also seeing this push towards marketplace and B two B marketplaces in the food industry. And I think that's where, um, that's where all of this, these kinds of food marketplaces or these B two B food marketplace startups that you're referencing here, is that they are they are also trying to roll out this marketplace business model similar to how Amazon Business is is doing it and scaling it quite aggressively. It's one of their top uh, verticals, top product categories on the marketplace, and one of the only options for these marketplaces to make to make it over the next few months because it's not VCs, uh, it's not PE because they're not big enough. It's really these incumbent businesses that, yes, you know, assuming you're not a grocer, even if you are a grocer, you've got a hundred things that are on fire just trying to keep up with demand and supply. And if you're not a grocer, but you are in the food business, you are you're seeing a decline in demand and you are also having to make drastic changes. So, I mean, how do you think about, do you think that some of these incumbents in the food industry are going to be able to manage this, this short-term pain, but still try to support these tech startup tech marketplace community in their industry? Otherwise it's going to dry up, right? Or a lot of it's going to dry up, which ultimately is bad for both, obviously the startups and the incumbents, and it's good for Amazon and other tech monopolies. Uh, do you think there's some wherewithal here from the incumbent side that they can try and extend a a kind of lifeline or some support? Because otherwise, I don't really see any other way for um, these tech marketplaces to come out 
somewhat on the other side of this in in three or six months or however long it takes to even just get some semblance of of normalcy returning here. Yeah. I mean, this pandemic can't last forever. So at some point, it will return to some capacity and gradually, hopefully, as vaccines and whatever is available, we can we can go back to more or less normal. So if any of these incumbents, um, you know, and these enterprises are, are looking ahead and really uh, have an open mind on, hey, where is the puck going? And if there's an opportunity for them to potentially you know, throw a lifeline to these startups that are very strategic to where they think this marketplace, whether it's B2B in the future or, or some variants of B2C, uh, that these startup can be key um, uh, assets for them to achieve that goal, uh, to achieve such objectives in a efficient and, and um, you know, save a lot of time and, and resources if they were to ever build from scratch, right? So if they're able to throw that lifeline uh, to to some of the startup that really makes sense. Uh, I think that this is an opportunity to do that. You know, uh, what we say is what it's it's uh, great to be able to save a great company uh, and and uh, enable them to to really be part of something really meaningful and bigger uh, as we dig ourselves out of this this period. Let's hope some of that happens, and and let's hope that I think I think some of the incumbents have it in them. Um, and we sure know that these startups need need all the support they can get. So, absolutely. Thanks very much for joining us, Shri. Really, really amazing insights as always. All right, my pleasure. Hi, this is Alex from Winner Take All. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the content. Feel free to leave a comment, ask us questions, and definitely make sure to join us on our next live stream.